1: Sure, so just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com, or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today.
0: Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to Episode 57, The Underworld, Part 2. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the show that teaches you the things in the Bible the world does not want you to know, right? That is true. I'm here with Zena. That is me. And we're going to continue our discussion today in the underworld. This will be part two.
2: Yes, very interesting.
0: Yeah, we learned some really interesting things about Gehenna. Yes. Right? The, the place of torment. And
2: tartar sauce.
0: And tartar sauce, the place of the angels. <laughs> they eat a lot of fish sticks down yes, there. Yes, they do. They love fish sticks. <laughs> and then uh, we, you know, we were talking about that bottomless pit. Uh, we discussed about those locusts that come up out of there mm-hmm. with that leader, that king, which is an angel.
2: I know, that has a really cool name.
0: Apollyon. Apollyon, like, yeah. why? And yet it means the destroyer, so it's a cool name for a bad dude.
2: Right. Maybe like, you know, like when your kids are in the terrible twos, because I feel like they just destroy
0: everything. It makes me wonder if, uh, you know, the the angels that are chained down there, Mm -hmm. okay, that this is one of their leaders. And when he's let out, who are these locusts? Are they some of the other angels that degenerated into this form? Mm Mm-hmm. Or are they other creatures, you know? Yeah. It's really interesting. But can you imagine if Apollyon is the king of the bottomless pit mm-hmm. and he's the destroyer and he's been down there since the angel sinned in Genesis 6, then we're talking 4,000 years he's been in chains. He's going to come out and he's going to be mad.
2: You know, I wonder if, like, he, okay, when I think of, like, people being in chains or I think about, or I think of, like, people being incarcerated, I think of just, like, really big jacked guys. Like, do you guys think that he's a really big
0: jacked angel? Oh, I would imagine. You you. know, like, he's just
2: been working out because there's nothing else to do down there.
0: (laughs) Is it with the chains on, you know, the extra weight (laughs) weight. (laughs) (laughs) on his arms? (laughs) That's a good point. Well, another thing that's down there, and we talked a little bit about this before, but we're going to just briefly mention it before we get out of the bottomless pit, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and move on to other areas of Hades, the underworld. But uh, the beast rises out. And remember, we talked about the son of perdition, and he was uh, tied to Judas.
2: And he's the, uh he's the Antichrist. The Antichrist
0: right, know. he's the Antichrist. Oh my
2: God, why can't I say that correctly?
0: Uh, it's a hard word to say, <laughs> you know, at least for me. Uh, but in chapter 17 of the book of Revelation, in verse 8, we read, The beast that thou sawest... Because he had an image of him rising up out of the sea. Mm -hmm. But he says, uh, was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And so we talked about in the previous episodes before this, that is it possible that the thing that was in Judas is the thing that when he died, Judas killed himself after he betrayed Jesus. Mm -hmm. Did he go down into the bottomless pit? Yeah, and then he comes back when the man that will be the antichrist, the son of perdition, is born, and does he fill that man's body to occupy him and be the beast? You know, I
2: wouldn't doubt it. Yeah,
0: and just so it seems like nothing good comes out of the bottomless pit. You know? nah. Nothing good at all, and so um, that brings us to where we can kind of summarize last week that the underworld or Hades or Sheol. It contains the bottomless pit, yes. it contains the prison of hell, or Guiana, mm-hmm. and it also contains Abraham's bosom, which is paradise. And we haven't discussed that in yet great detail yet, but I thought I would try to share this image with our video, so let's see if I can do this properly. I'm gonna tap this, I'm gonna tap this, and I'm gonna tap that. And now, yeah, our video should be seeing this chart that okay. you and I can see. And it's sort of like a little diagram okay. of the underworld. So you've got Hades as the general place of mm-hmm. the dead. And in this drawing at the top, you've got what looks like a gate mm-hmm. with bars. And above the gate, you've got these gray squiggly lines, which I'm going to suggest is equivalent to either water or mire. Okay. Like like think of mire as like if you went to the bottom of the ocean the muddy, murky mm-hmm. floor—it okay. would be really soft, and you know, you get stuck in the mud, kind of thing. Because there's something about uh, a picture of hell. When do you remember the prophet and the name Jonah, who got swallowed by the big fish?
2: Yes. Okay,
0: so he was a prophet that God said go to Nineveh and preach to them, and he didn't want to go. <laughs> So when you decide not to listen to the Lord, sometimes things can happen. Very true. And he tried to sail and escape, and a big storm came, and the guys tossed him overboard because they figured he must have angered his God. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, God prepared a big fish to swallow up Jonah. Well, Jonah died. I mean, if you go inside a fish, you can't breathe, right? So he died, and three days later, the fish spat him out on dry land alive, so he came back from the dead. And he's a picture of Jesus. It's a type. But... While he was dead, he describes being in hell, Mm -hmm. and what he really describes is the journey that it took to get there. Uh, Not necessarily um, that he was an unrighteous man, but it was like God as a prophet was giving him a vision that he could write down, and we get a glimpse of what a person might go through with other scriptures the actual experience of descending into hell. Mm -hmm. And the Bible paints a picture of that. And we're going to do an episode called The Journey to Hell, which will sort of catalog the actual journey itself. A person dies, and like when we read back in Luke 16, the rich man, well, when he died, it just says he opened up his eyes in hell. When Lazarus, the poor beggar, died, the angels carried him to Abraham's bosom. So... Imagine, if you will, a journey that actually is like you die, your next moment is your soul leaving your body, and then a great wind blowing you away to some area that appears to be like a marsh or an ocean or a murky area like a swamp or something, and you get pulled down into it. And you descend into the mud and the mire, and the next thing you know, you go through the gates of hell and you end up in Gehenna. And uh, there's a great book called Hell's God Prison that we're gonna discuss, and, and when we get to that, we'll talk about the journey. It's a frightening thought, you know? Nobody there to comfort you, no angels to carry you. Yeah. Yeah, just a, an absolute sensation of being separated from God, separated from everything you love or that could love, mm-hmm. and ending up in this place of torment. Ah, no thanks. No thanks. But as you can see by the chart, then the gates are sort of like the opening to Hades. Mm -hmm. And in Hades are the three compartments we've been discussing. Yes. So Gehenna, doesn't matter if it's on the left or the right, I'm not sure about that. But uh, Gehenna is the burning place. Tartarus is the great gulf, or what we think might be the bottomless Mm -hmm. pit of the abyss. And then Abraham's bosom, which is a place of comfort, and it's called paradise. Okay, so we'll move on out of that screen So we can return to our video. Good. It worked. And we'll go to the book of John. So John chapter 17 is a picture of what we were talking about concerning the Antichrist coming up out of the pit. In verse 17, Jesus is talking about his disciples Mm -hmm. or the 12. While I was with them in the world, he says... I kept them in thy name, those that thou gavest me I've kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And as we saw a few episodes ago, the son of perdition is the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we get that clarification in Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse three, where Paul wrote about the second coming of Christ. He says, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, Mm -hmm. who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this guy is going to be a man born. I'm not sure whether he's going to be fully human or not. He could well be one of the genetic manipulations. Like the Nephilim did. And incidentally, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if we actually are going to cover this today or not, so I better check and make sure it's not a segue that we're going to discuss in a few minutes. No, it doesn't look like it is. So, um, back, we were talking last week about how we've been devolving, we're not getting more superior as mm-hmm. human beings. Our cells are getting more diseased, you know, and like I mentioned, we're probably being kept alive or living as long as we do through technology. Mm -hmm. But if Adam and Eve were the perfect humans that God created with perfect DNA, and then little by little over time, the genetic code has been deteriorating, which is exactly what's happening to the world all around us. In other words, um, I'm not a physicist. But there are laws of thermodynamics, and there's a law of entropy, Mm -hmm. which basically says in a very layman's understanding, all matter is going from a a condition of order to less order. So we're talking about decay, decomposition, whatever, you know, uh, stars burn out, oceans recede, you know... uh, um, you watch a piece of metal and it rusts. Mm-hmm. It's entropy. That's the word. And so the same is happening to organisms too. You know, we get older. We get. We get. We die. So if that's true on a micro level, like with a person getting older, it's true on a macro level of humanity in general. Mm-hmm. So when the angels took wives in Genesis six. They were so close to their original coded DNA, they had the ability to reproduce with a with an angelic being, and the offspring were these giants. I believe it's probably not possible for angels to reproduce with humans again as they did in the past, because we've been genetically inferior, and yeah, worse and worse all the time. It might explain. Um, UFO abductions and things mm-hmm. like that, aliens doing experiments and things, which are probably the fallen angels or their proxies, mm-hmm. operating and trying to figure out a way to create beings out of a lab. Okay. Okay. And humanity is experimenting with genetics and they're trying to do things like that too.
2: Yeah, like how they make, um, I think, what did they recently make, lambs or something?
0: Yeah, Dolly, wasn't mm-hmm. it? The sheep, mm-hmm. right? And other things, you know, and they're even putting like human cells and monkeys and.
2: Yeah, and like 3D printing. Did you
0: not watch Planet of the Apes, people? You know? Leave them alone. Did you not listen to Charlton Heston? (laughs) So those things are really, I Mm -hmm. I still say fiction is a revealing of Satan's agenda. Yeah. In many cases, you know? But um, since it seems like we're genetically no longer capable of mixing angelic DNA with human DNA, which is now so much more inferior than it was, is it possible they're going to have to produce this in some sort of a laboratory thing? And so maybe the Antichrist will be like a test tube baby of some kind, you know, or something like that. And I say that because without getting into a long thing about it, and we talked a little bit about the mystery of marriage in a few episodes back, and we talked about... A man shall leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife, and they two shall be one flesh. And it was a great mystery concerning Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. And it seems like God is calling humanity to repentance to Himself. But the word "cleave," right? Cling to his wife. "Cleave" Mm -hmm. is the idea. And um, in the book of Daniel, chapter two, we've talked about in the past the dream Nebuchadnezzar had of the great image with the head of gold and the uh, breast of silver, Mm -hmm. and ultimately all the way down to the feet, which were iron mixed with clay. And when the angel gives the interpretation, or when God gives the interpretation of the vision, Daniel says to the king, as the iron is mixed with clay, they shall shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave unto them. It's Daniel 2.43. Excuse me. So it implies that the same thing can't happen again. When the angels came down, they took wives. Yes. They had marriages. Mm Mm-hmm. And the implication is they could have children. So they procreated the natural way, unnatural in the sense of angels and humans. Yeah. But through the same course that God created for humanity, which they weren't supposed to do. It looks like they can't do that anymore. They can't cleave until they're going to take wives. Mm -hmm. They're just going to find a way to take eggs and put their DNA combined together. And it's possible that this man of sin is going to be a a body that will look human and he will die as a man. But this thing comes out of the bottomless pit and possesses him, if you will. And he continues on to be the one that says great swelling words. Uh, he opposeth and exalteth himself all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, uh, showing himself that he is God. And we brought up Judas because back in the book of Acts, and this is for anyone that didn't get to see this, just very briefly, in verse, in chapter 1, verse 24, when they replaced him, it said they prayed and said... The 12 replaced Judas. Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether these two thou hast chosen that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place. So Judas is called the son of perdition. Paul calls the beast or the Antichrist the son of perdition. Mm -hmm. Judas fell after he betrayed Jesus and he killed himself and he went to his own place. Well, who goes to their own place? When you go to hell, you go to hell with the rest. Yeah. Unless you're the son of perdition. So maybe Mm -hmm. that thing that was in him comes up out of the bottomless pit.
2: Makes sense.
0: Yeah. So I think there's a possibility that there's something very unhuman about him, but he's mixed somehow with humanity. Mm -hmm. Now, that brings us to Abraham's bosom, because that's the third compartment of the underworld that we haven't talked about yet. Although we read it briefly, and we will just remind our listeners that the passage that mentions the name Abraham's bosom mm-hmm. is Luke chapter 16 and verse 22, where it says, It came to pass that the beggar died. That was Lazarus, yes. the poor man, and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. So remember, we talked about that picture of angels carefully and lovingly carrying a righteous man who, after he dies. And that journey to paradise seems to be a pleasant one.
2: Yes. You know, it
0: seems to be like, that's the journey I want to take. Mm -hmm. And then you asked a great question last episode about, do people still go to Abraham's bosom? Yeah. When they die. And we decided, no, they don't, because if Jesus rose from the dead, and he ascended up, and he paid for sins of all the righteous, then he paved the way for men to go up. And it's interesting that the very man that wrote the passage about the son of perdition in the book of Revelation is the apostle John. Okay. And John, being one of the 12, was carried up into heaven to write what he wrote.
2: That's awesome.
0: So he literally got to go to see God's throne room mm-hmm. as he wrote down the things that he recorded. And that's a picture, too, that he didn't go down into Abraham's bosom, but, that we, but we go up now. yes yeah. send up. So when I believe a person dies, according to Paul, he says, it's better to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. He was saying, I would just as soon leave this world, but I have a job to do and I'm willing to do it. But it would be better to go. And so the indication is he felt like if he died, he would be with Christ. Mm -hmm. And Christ has ascended up now. Yeah. So now when the righteous die, they go to be with the Lord. But there are still people in Abraham's bosom that are looking for resurrection. A lot of people think they were carried up to heaven with Jesus, but there's no scripture that says for sure. And I believe there's scripture that says the opposite. They're still in paradise, they're still comforted, but they're waiting for a resurrection to come up onto the earth and go into the land of promise. Okay. Now, having said that, let's go back to Luke chapter 23, because we mentioned last episode about the place was called paradise and Jesus went down there. And we mentioned the thief on the cross that was with him. Yes. So we're going to go read that passage to get a clearer picture of it in Luke chapter 23, verse 39. Charlie with his little belt on. It looks like he's wearing a belt. (laughs) Verse 39, and one of the, by the way, Charlie is my dog, in case anybody's wondering. (laughs) He sits in because he loves Zena, and he doesn't want to be away from her. (laughs) And one of the malefactors, which is basically a criminal, which were hanged with Jesus, railed on him, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Have you ever heard somebody say, he railed on me? It's like they just let me have it. They just cursed me and criticized me oh, and teased me. and That's yeah, aggressive. Yeah, it's very aggressive. So you got, as far as we know, there were two other criminals that were crucified with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the one is railing on him, but the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? It was, here you are railing on him, and here we are, crucified yeah. you know, with him. Well, don't you have any fear? And he says, We indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds. You know, we're getting what we deserve. Yeah. But this man hath done nothing amiss. Somehow this other thief or malefactor is believing on Jesus and realizes that he's innocent. Yeah. So word must have gotten out, whatever. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, he calls him Lord, mm-hmm. remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. So he also believes in resurrection. So you got a righteous man. He's a sinner. He's done wrong like all of us. Yeah. But he's acknowledging Jesus as Lord. He's acknowledging resurrection, and he's asking to be remembered.
2: He's acknowledging that he messed up, too.
0: Absolutely. Confessing his sin, if you will. Mm-hmm. And in a way, he's a picture of the believer, of anyone. He's a picture of Israel, if they ever make their confession, when they do. But what Jesus said to him was the, the verse I want, verse 43. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And they died that day. They, because of the timing of events and the festival that was coming up, uh, crucifixion was designed to be a long, agonizing death. Oh. Uh, it was. Romans were masters of cruelty. So they designed it to where a man would suffer greatly publicly so that people would greatly fear to oppose the Roman government. Okay. okay. To commit a crime. So uh, sometimes men agonized for days before they finally died. Okay. But because the feast was coming up and they were Jewish criminals, you know, Jesus counted as a criminal by the Jews, mm-hmm. the council of the Jews and the leader of the Jews asked them to go ahead and kill them now so their bodies could be buried before the holy days. Came up. Okay. So they did. And the way they did that was they go to break their legs. So the Romans would have taken a great sledgehammer and they would have gone to each of the two thieves and broken their shins so that they could no longer push up with their feet on the nail that was pierced through their ankles so they could breathe and they would suffocate. Ow! I know, horrible. Horrible, agonizing. Like
2: who, who takes the time to think of this?
0: <laughs> the Romans. <laughs> so
2: disgusting. I know.
0: So the point being that, and this is part of their cruelty, this was part of their genius of crucifixion, when they ran that nail through your feet and the way they positioned you with the crossbeam with your hands nailed, in order to breathe, you would have to push up a little bit to get the, the diaphragm able to Draw in breath To your lungs And in order to push up And stand on your feet You were pushing on that nail That was designed to go through the sciatic nerve Mm. So it would send Piercing pain Through your body Every time you pushed up to breathe Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast But I want to take a moment to remind you Of something very important
1: There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know
0: And the world is fast approaching The end game and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out.
1: Freedom of speech is under attack and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This
0: is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elites own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcasts so the controlled media can't shut us down.
1: We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed, but to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries.
0: Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech.
1: And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible.
0: Thanks again, and here's the show. So that's how sick they were. And that's how that's the death that Jesus died. So they went and they, they broke the legs of the two thieves. And when they went to Jesus to break his legs, he had already died. Because he says, no man takes my life from me. I give up my life. So he gave up the ghost at that moment before they even got to him. That's why the, the, the point was that Jesus Christ, as God in man, willingly gave his life up for us. You know? Wow. And, so, and it also said in the scripture that not a bone of his body was broken. So, uh, yeah. The
2: fact that someone went through that for us and you still can't believe in him
0: right. baffles me. That's You know, um, there's a great country singer back in the days when country was good <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, uh, and his name was hank Williams senior okay and he he wrote you know songs that you wouldn't know they're famous and he you know it was very popular music uh you actually you might know one about you know jambalaya crawfish pie filet gumbo
2: i feel like i've heard that song but before
0: tonight i'm going to meet my I'm <laughs> be for louisiana uh he wrote many other hits too but that was one of his famous ones and uh um He also wrote gospel songs.
2: Really? Yeah.
0: And he wrote a song called, How Can You Refuse Him Now? And it's an amazing song. I mean, you read the lyrics and it's like, this man was saved. He may have been an alcoholic and he may have been a womanizer and he had his sinful problems in his life, you know, which fame can do. Yeah. Right. But he knew the Lord, you know, as he hung there on the tree, he died for you and he died for me. How could you refuse Jesus now? Yeah. So it's like when you said that just now, that song came to mind. <laughs>
2: you know? I mean, it just blows my mind because it's like, you know, yeah. People nowadays like we we die in agony. You know, if you have cancer, yeah. COVID, right? But to know that like there was not that like, you did nothing wrong, yeah. And someone, you're you're here hanging, and you got and like, oh, just the. It's, that's just brutal.
0: The the closest equivalent, and it's not even fair to compare it, okay? But, but we'll use it because sometimes analogies help us. Yeah. Okay? The closest equivalent I can think of is imagine if they caught a man that was a serial murderer, mm-hmm. serial rapist, yeah. serial pedophile. Imagine the worst criminal you mm-hmm. could ever find. And you... Jeff Dunham. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have an only baby child. And the judge comes and says, we sentence you to death by electric chair. You're the worst criminal in the world. And you say, you know what? I love this sinful man so much. I'd rather you execute my baby in his place who never did anything wrong. Can you imagine the amount? And that man, that horrible, murderous creature, his payment would be paid and he would get to go free.
2: I must have been on some drugs when I said that.
0: (laughs) That's the kind of love God the Father demonstrated when he watched those horrible Roman soldiers crucify his only son who did no sin, but he was willing to die for us because he wanted us to have salvation rather than go to hell. That's some deep stuff. It's some deep stuff. So so anyway, the thief went down to paradise yeah. that day. He would have not gone to the hell burning place, Gehenna. You know, He certainly wouldn't have gone to Tartarus, mm-hmm. the abyss. He would have gone to Abraham's bosom. And something that Christ said that I don't think a lot of people realize what he meant when he said it was a term that you've heard before. And we even referred to it later because in that diagram I showed, I showed some gates drawn. Yeah. We said the gates of hell, okay? So in the book of Matthew, Jesus was asking his apostles, who did men say that he was? You know, who do men say that he was? And some think you're this, some think you're that, you're a great prophet. You know, they they were just throwing out whatever that people were saying about him. Mm And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, he saith unto them, unto the 12, but whom say ye that I am? So if, if I put it in the modern phrasing, who do men think I am? Oh, some think you're John the Baptist. Some think you're Jeremiah, the prophet. Some yeah. think you're Elijah. But who do you think I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So he correctly answered that I know who you are. I believe you are the Christ, the Son yeah. of God. And as a matter of fact, Christ is about to answer and say that this didn't just come from you out of your heart. This came from the Lord. The Lord spoke through you to say these words. So here's his reply. Jesus answered and said to him, unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, son of Jonah. Simon Peter is Simon Barjona. So that's his like last name. Oh, fancy. Yeah. So Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, hath not revealed it unto thee, But my Father which is in heaven. So God gave you this for a reason. He wanted me to see, even though I knew, He wanted me to see you make that confession. Because through doing that, He's appointing you for this purpose. I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. His name was Simon. That's a Hebrew name. So Jesus basically changes his name to Peter. So just like Jacob became Israel, Esau became Edom, Mm -hmm. uh, names change. Saul became Paul, right?
2: Zena's saying Zena.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Zena becomes Zena. And people ask, and I'll I'll remind them again, Zena is her real name.
2: Yes, that is my real name. (laughs) Her
0: nickname, it's not her. Change name, she was born Zena. Yes. (laughs) That's why you are, in fact, the warrior princess. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But um, he says, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Now, interesting thing about Peter—it's a Greek name—and mm-hmm. Peter means a little stone. The word is uh, Petros.
2: Now we're talking about the other criminal. The other criminal's name is Simon. That's mm-hmm. that's speaking right now.
0: No. No, we're talking about so the the criminal that was nailed on the cross mm-hmm. was a thief or whatever bad guy. a sinner or, or just, he's a convict, we'll say. Okay. He wasn't any of the 12 apostles. Okay. He's actually right here just talking to the 12 apostles. And so this one man whose name is Simon makes that confession. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And so that's why Jesus turns to him to say, this is before he was crucified, by the way, he says, blessed are you, you got a blessing today. Something special was revealed by God, the father, by you saying these words. Because it means that God has picked you for something. Okay. You are now Peter, little stone, and upon this rock, Greek word petra. The rock petra means like a foundation, a boulder. So in a sense, he's kind of saying, you're like a little chip off the block. Okay. I'm going to put you in charge of something. He's about to tell him. Okay. So thou art Peter and upon this rock. The rock is the confession he made. Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. The Bible says Jesus is the stone of stumbling and the rock of offense. So Peter's not the rock, neither is Dwayne Johnson. Jesus Jesus Christ is the rock. Okay. He's the foundation. And that's the foundation upon which Christ is going to build a church. And he's about to give Peter the keys to something. So he's got some authority now. Basically, he's saying, God has shown me you're going to be the guy in charge of my church. Thou art Peter... And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now watch this. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Against what? Against the church. Yeah. Why would the gates of hell be brought up to not prevail against the church?
2: Because then they like close their doors on Jesus or they just kind of shunned him out.
0: No, that's a good thought. Think of this. The thief and Jesus, the day they were crucified, later, after this, Mm -hmm. went down to paradise. Where is paradise? Abraham's bosom. Right. Okay, good. Now, follow the thought. Where is Abraham's bosom? It is in? Hades. Hades, the underworld. There are gates leading into Hades. Okay. Right? So even though there's three compartments down there, we know there's a door on Tartarus. We know there's chains in the prison of hell and Gehenna and Mm -hmm. burning flames. And we know there's paradise there. But there's still a gate going down into Hades, Mm -hmm. hell. So while the thief on the cross and Abraham and the poor beggar are all in paradise, in Abraham's bosom, they're still in the heart of the earth. They're in the underworld. So the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church All those people that died believing in Jesus that he died for, even though they lived before he died, you know, they were righteous like Abraham or whoever. They're going to be redeemed by Jesus Christ through his shed blood, just like he redeems us. Mm -hmm. His work for them is retroactive. It goes back to Adam. It also went forward to everybody who had not yet been born, like you and I Mm -hmm. and our listeners. So that means that hell would never be able to keep the saints in Abraham's bosom in Hades. Okay. The gates will someday be opened, and they will come up in resurrection.
2: Okay. Right? See, as I was like, I was catching on to what you were saying. I'm like, okay, so Abraham's bosom is a church then.
0: Right. Well, and it became the church because all those that were righteous that ended up in Abraham's bosom couldn't be cast into hell's prison because they were they did the right things in their times and there we'll call it dispensations however god dealt with mankind before jesus they did what was required to be righteous mm-hmm. but they could never go to heaven without their sins paid for okay <clears throat> they're still sinners they might have offered the proper sacrifices which they would have done said say like according to the law offered a lamb without spot or blemish but the bible says it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins it gave them remission so that when they died, they would go to Abraham's bosom. But the only thing that could give them forgiveness would have been the blood of Jesus, Okay. the Lamb of God. So when he rose from the dead, not only was it the proof of eternal life and resurrection, but it was the evidence that sins had been paid for. Stamped paid in full. The debt is canceled. And now those... Are his church so in a minute we're gonna see that he preached to some spirits in prison and um, uh, no we're not gonna see that um, if I can remember the verse I will but we're gonna see that Christ redeemed those that were mm-hmm. in Abraham's bosom okay and so that brings us to the book of Revelation chapter 1 where when he started revealing the revelation to John he appears as the angel of the Lord but he says to him I am he that liveth and was dead. Christ rose from the dead. Verse 18. And by the way, notice how Satan tries to copy that with the son of perdition who was and is not and yet is. Okay. In other words, he's going to resurrect from the dead, but out of the bottomless pit. Gross. Yeah. But he says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death keys of hell, keys to the gate, Mm -hmm. to open it so the church can come out. The members of the church who've been saved since Christ rose from the dead would not need to go down into Abraham's bosom because they would go right up to heaven when they died because the way has been paved for that. And uh, incidentally, if I do this, I'll do a search because I can't remember the verse right offhand. Uh, spirits in prison. My handy-dandy search function. Okay. It's First Peter chapter 3. I kind of alluded to this, so I wanted to share with my listeners the verse since I brought it up so they'll know what to turn. But First Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about the innocent baby that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened or made alive by the Spirit. Now, in the context of that, that involves his death, burial, and resurrection. So we've already read when we started this whole two-part series that Christ first descended into the lower parts of the earth, Mm -hmm. the underworld. All right. So the next verse says, in this situation when he went, We've put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Before he was quickened, he was in the heart of the earth for three days. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. The spirits in prison. Who do you think that might be?
2: Not Abraham's bosom.
0: Right. They wouldn't be in a prison.
2: So everyone that's in hell?
0: You're on the right track. So it's, uh, it would definitely be there in hell, obviously, because that's where he is when mm-hmm. he descended. But we'll read the next verse to get a little bit of indication of who this might be. Okay. Because it says he preached to them. Right? So he's preaching to spirits in prison. Now, I've heard of prison ministries. <laughs> but that's where you're talking to living inmates. Yeah. And you go and you preach to them. So God.
2: the souls that have the worms in them.
0: Well, what, what would you preach to them? You could say, you're getting what you deserve. And there's a day of judgment coming, maybe. But are they spirits or are they souls?
2: It's a great question.
0: The people that have died that were unrighteous that it would end up in hell in the burning place. That that's a prison for sure. Okay. Okay. But are they spirits? No. They have a spirit, but to be called spirits indicates that they might not be human.
2: Oh, so you think he's talking to the angels. Yes,
0: there you go. So the next verse says, the spirits under the, preached under the spirits in prison, verse 20, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The point being, what do we know happened in the days of Noah? big old flood came and everyone, (laughs) drank. Right, and the flood came because the earth had been corrupted. Yeah,
2: with 30-foot-tall with things, <laughs> Giants, right. things, because they're not human, they're things.
0: Do you ever drive up Austin Street to the Saging Coffee Company?
2: So I, I've been by the coffee company, but I, I don't drink
0: coffee. Oh, okay, you don't drink coffee. Okay, well, if they have smoothies, by the way. Oh, I'll have to check them out then, And they're really good. Yeah, but uh, if you drive by there, like, on your way home or something, mm-hmm. they have two giants in their little courtyard for where you can eat and drink your coffee, and one is a skeleton, and the other is some sort of a pumpkin-headed thing, <laughs> like a Scary. scarecrow. Yeah, but they're, like, 12 feet tall. That's
2: You know what? That's funny you say that. So um, there's this road that I drive home every single day on, and there's, like, this couple that live really far, and, like, this lot of land and they always every single year put up these skeletons and I they are humongous. They have to be like (laughs) thirty
0: feet tall. Like they're huge. That could be as big as the original Nephilim.
2: And I'm like, what are these (laughs) and like they have like little they have like the mom skeleton, the dad skeleton, and then they have like these little baby skeletons. (laughs) And I think every time I drive by I'm like, how do they stay up? How do they not fall over?
0: Well, these uh, these twelve foot ones mm-hmm. uh, are um, there's like wires that support them.
2: Oh, and then, that makes sense. And, and
0: you know, at, at night you really can't see them. Mm-hmm. You know, but you can in the daytime. And then there's some sort of a, a support rod that goes through the okay the center of the thing. Uh, I actually took a picture of myself. That's with, right. Did you see that? And I was
2: like, is he in Zekeem or New Braunfels? Where is he at?
0: <laughs> It was right here in Zekeem. Really, you know? <laughs> so I made a joke about we found evidence of giants in Zekeem. But, but I bring that up because we were talking about, you know, uh, the the spirits that were dis- that were in prison were once disobedient during the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the angels chained in the bottomless pit. They've been there for a hot minute. So Jesus, we now know, must have gone... To the place, Gehenna, to suffer for sins. Mm-hmm. To the abyss, to, to preach to the fallen yeah. angels. Your damnation is just. Whatever's about to come. And then, since he said, as I and I didn't bring up the verse, but, um, but I mentioned it. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Well, Abraham has long since been dead before Jesus was even born. Yeah. So he would be in his bosom in paradise. And if he said he rejoiced to see my day then that indicates that either he was able to see the birth of Christ, almost like a TV screen, you know, showing things on the world, or he would have known the truth at some point because when Christ descended, he would have come to say, I'm the redeemer you've been looking for. You and Adam and Job and Noah and all the rest have been waiting for this day, and I'm the one you've been waiting for.
2: Now, when Jesus went to go talk to the spirits, is that like their second chance or they're, like there's no second chances like they are done, it's over, it's lights over. out for them?
0: No second chance for them, unfortunately, uh, because they seem to have made their choice. And I'm learning and I, I alluded briefly to talking about Edom and Esau. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading another book I'm going to reveal later. I'm going to try to reach out and see if I can get this author to come do an interview with us. So I won't say his name in the book until I get that confirmed. But I'm reading some interesting things about him where we, we've talked about in our very first episode the world that was, and how the angels lived on this earth mm-hmm. and occupied it until the rebellion. But it could be that the rebellion was farther reaching than we realized, and that there was a galactic war that took place. Oh. And it, it, the indication is, is it possible, maybe, that even the planets of our solar system were once habitable planets occupied? by different kings or princes. Yeah. Because um, if Lucifer is uh, the one that maybe was the king of Tyrus on this planet, and he rebelled, um, he's Leviathan, the dragon, and how many heads does that dragon have? Seven. So seven heads. So that means seven heads are indicative of princes or kings, they each have a crown. Yeah. So have you ever seen the candle stick called a menorah uh, it, like what during it, Hanukkah yeah so it's a seven candlestick mm-hmm. and it it shows one center candle mm-hmm. and then three branches coming off yeah. each side okay so for a total of seven is it possible that Lucifer's the ringleader of six other princes who might have each been cherubs that had their own planet That also joined him in the rebellion against God. Yeah, because he's smooth with his words. Yeah. And maybe one of those planets was actually destroyed. And that created what we now know as the asteroid belt. Oh, that's Between Mars and Jupiter. Yeah. And then Mars, you know, is the red planet. Mm -hmm. And it's associated with Ares, the god of war. Mars being the Roman name, Ares the Greek name. And Mars is a wasteland. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just rocks, craters, whatever. But it's always been associated with the God of war. Satan is a warring angel. Yeah. And uh, Esau, um, his name was changed to Edom, which means red. And so there's something about all that I'm digging into right now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try to see is maybe there's something about the planets involved in the past ancient wars of angels, and everything was destroyed, and only Earth was renovated to be the planet we now know, and man was created to take dominion. Hmm. Instead of given to an angel, he was given to a human, and the angels got ticked.
2: Explains why men are from Mars. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's right. (laughs) May well be. So we'll dig into that, Lord willing, another time. But I hope you've come to see some truth about the underworld. Yes. I hope you want to avoid it.
2: Yes, at all uh, costs.
0: Because right now you're not going to be going into paradise. If you're saved, you're going to go up to be with the Lord. And we would strongly encourage you to trust Jesus as your Savior and accept the free gift of salvation and not end up in that terrible place of torment. Yes. Don't forget that our website, utbnow.com, is where you can find out a lot of information about both our podcasts, our online studies, and things like that. And remember, this is a video podcast now, so you can also find us at YouTube. Yes. Also want to thank everybody that has donated, and you can donate through PayPal at utbnow.com. And don't forget to write us, and I tend to forget to tell people, but email us at unlockthebiblenow at gmail.com. Yes. All together, unlock the Bible now. So thank you so much for listening.
2: Yes. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's podcast. As always, subscribe if you've enjoyed it. Share. You know, maybe there's someone out there that needs to hear about the Lord. So you share, 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 share. Yeah. And as always, please leave your comments on below if it's new things that you've learned. We love to hear what you guys learn. And it helps us know where we can work at or where we should speak more about.
0: Yep. All your input is great. Yes. It gives us great ideas, and we just appreciate the encouragement. So till next week, thank you, Zena. Of course. And thank you all for listening. Bye, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com.